0: Welcome to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders.
1: Hi, this is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight's Senior Living. I'm here with Lynn Katzman, founder and CEO of Juniper Communities. We're going to be talking about making a shift to wellness in senior living. Lynn, thanks for meeting with me today. You spoke at the National Investment Center for Seniors Housing and Care Spring Conference about Juniper's efforts related to wellness. First of all, could you explain the Catalyst program?
0: Happy to, Lois. First of all, thank you for having me today. It's really a pleasure to see you again and to uh, participate in your program. So, Catalyst. Catalyst is about providing an experience. If you think about what people like me, boomers, want, we want something different from the traditional senior living. We want to live longer better, and we want to do that by experiencing life differently. In order to do that, we not only need to have different activities and programs that we can uh, participate in, But we also need to have the necessary lifestyle supports, things that help us manage to be our best so that we can attend things like the theater, for me, would be a good one, or music lessons or an exercise class. All of those come together and support a lifestyle or an experience that I think um, tomorrow's senior living residents are going to want, myself among them.
1: And then you talked about a change in mindset as required for um, operators who want to pursue um, this kind of wellness initiatives Uh, and the changes you implemented related to technology, workflow integration, use of space, and partnerships. Could you talk more about those changes? Sure. So let me talk a little bit about mindset. You know, um,
0: for so long we thought of ourselves, some of us thought of ourselves as a hospitality provider. So we provided a place for people to live and food and services associated with them. Since COVID, we've really understood how much uh, support we provide and how much healthcare support we provide people. We've also seen that it's important to coordinate care so that we can keep people as healthy as possible. What we need to do next is to think about not just keeping people healthy, but promoting a healthy lifestyle. I think one of the learnings I have post-COVID is uh, that it's not just about your body, it's also about how you socialize. It's the experience you have, it's the relationships you have uh, that offers you mental health and uh, good mental health, that is, and supports your ability to be your best self. And so um, that shift from medicine to health to wellness is critical. There are a number of other shifts that make this program work. Um, We have to think about how we use our spaces differently, for example. In the old days, we saw ourselves as uh, essentially a place where people came, they lived, we provided their services. I wouldn't say we were isolated or segregated, but we, we were unto ourselves. We worked mostly within our walls rather than brought people in from the outside. The mindset shift I'm talking about is one where your community, which we have lots of public space, could be used differently and could function as a community hub. Whether you're in the middle of town or on the outskirts of town, you can use your space differently and invite people in. Uh, I think it's also important that we think of ourselves as not just housing with support, but as a light, as a provider of a lifestyle experience, that we are offering people exciting things to do, ways to keep their uh, health up, and uh, as well as a place to live and a place to grow older gracefully and to live longer better. So I think all of those things add up. I think the other thing you mentioned is the underlying revenue or the market uh, positioning for wellness product. I think one of the things that we've been thinking about at Juniper is the need to uh, open up our market, both in terms of the number of people who seek to live in senior living communities to become residents, but also how to offer the services to people who still want to live in their family home. And you know, there are many of those. There are also people who might want to experience senior living, but are not ready to, to jump. So what we're trying to do is to think about a revenue model, which enables people from the community to utilize our services. We think that that will enable us to have a a more secure, cheaper pipeline of people who want to use our services, but also uh, have a way to offer them services that they pay for that are provided within our setting. So from those two perspectives alone, you can substantially improve your revenue without changing your fixed costs. So there are some variable costs, but the margins on those services are higher. Um, the reduction in expenses related to, for example, referral fees, you're not going to get rid of all of them, but if you can get rid of 20% of your referral fees, that's it becomes meaningful. Mm-hmm. So uh, you want to change your revenue model, the way you look at your market for services, you want to use your space differently, you want to think about programming differently, and you want to call your product something different and think about that differently.
1: And then you talked about um, workflow integration and um, changes in the way you're looking at um, some of the areas that you already have and just using them a little differently. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So if you think about it again, putting the consumer at the center,
0: what consumers want is a seamless experience. They want to be happy. They want things to just happen to flow. If they have to go to multiple departments, I mean, think about it, um, I fly a lot, and if I'm calling the airline, you know, one person handles this thing, another person handles that thing. There's no one number you can call, even as a very frequent flyer as I am, to get what I need, and that's frustrating. You almost don't want to deal with it anymore. So what consumers want is a seamless experience. In order for us to give them that, we have to work together differently uh, within our day-to-day operations in order to deliver that. So what we're looking at is different workflows and different ways of using technology and information and different ways of communicating to allow people to seamlessly get the services they want, when they want them, where they want them.
1: Well, speaking of technology, I know you had talked about technology as playing a role in some of this. Um, Could you elaborate on that? Sure.
0: There's so much technology out there, as you know, and um, we've been using an EHR, and what we considered a, um, an integrated digital operating platform for a long time. But really what that meant was we used an EHR. It recorded all of our wellness and enabled us to do assessments and manage chronic illness. It tied in to our CRM, our sales uh, software, as well as our accounting software. It didn't really tie in to our um, portal that allowed for outreach to our residents. It didn't connect all of the players. Moreover, it didn't afford us the opportunity to individualize service programs for people, to enable them to pick what they wanted, to have those choices documented somewhere where we could work with them and the like. So technology, that provides an integrated foundation among departments is important and frankly in order to make sure that we could pay for that technology it needs to be able to to, um, permit people to order services or to ask for them to track that they're delivered and then to also record uh, the charges and obviously send those to our billing program. So that kind of technology um, exists in pieces right now, and what we've been doing is working with one particular vendor to uh, essentially develop a product that would work among the different departments and enable us to do all of the things that I'm talking about.
1: And what are some of the returns on investment that you've experienced or expect to receive? Yeah. Um,
0: So there are three that I want to talk about. I want to start with staffing efficiencies. If you have a program where people work better together, where there's communication and where you can use technology to allow your residents and families to not only get information, but to remind them of things, to buy things, to sign up for transportation, to make an appointment, to see the podiatrist, whatever it is, they don't have to call one of your staff people. Your staff person doesn't have to go and actually write it down in some system and then somehow get that information to someone else. It's all within one. That saves staff time. It, uh, frankly, reduces stress, and I think some frustration that people have in not being able to deliver the kind of care service experience that people want so staffing efficiencies and um, those are very simple automation enables you to um, reduce the amount of paper provide uh, reminders uh, and uh, track services in a very different way so that's that's critical i think where that relates to staffing efficiencies is in automatic documentation, digital documentation. So it relieves people of some of the time that they're spending in documenting and sharing information. Critical. Um, Second place where uh, there's a return on investment is length of stay. If you're providing an experience, and there's a great example with Enzo Village out in California. Enzo is a zen-inspired community that Kendall is putting together, and it's a beautiful site. I've been there, Um, but people are going there because they want a particular lifestyle. They want to be able to meditate. They want to be able to live in a Zen-inspired environment. They want to live with like-minded people. I have friends who um, love that kind of thing, and they're in their mid-70s and they're going there. So the average age on entry to one of our communities right now is generally you know, mid-80s, 84 to 86. If you get someone even five years earlier in their late 70s, no less 10 years earlier, they're going to stay longer. If you then can provide them the seamless experience that keeps them living better longer, you extend that length of stay further. Extending length of stay increases occupancy it increases it reduces costs associated with the turnover of residents it just has many positive impacts on return on investment lastly and most importantly wellness programs and thinking about it in the way that we are opening it up to the community using community engagement as a way to enhance experience enables us to offer additional services to the people who live with us but most importantly it's offering us the opportunity to um, provide packages of services to allow people who live in their homes in the community to become members of our Catalyst program. And so those revenues are, um, we think will be substantial over time and we're very excited about the positive impact uh, that we believe we'll see on margins.
1: So, if someone listening uh, to us today uh, wanted to get started or ramp up their focus on wellness, what advice would you have for them?
0: Well, I would tell them to go take the wellness readiness assessment that ICAA is uh, has just put out and get an understanding of where they stand in the process. Let them do their own self-assessment. I think that's a great place to start. You have to know where you are in order to figure out your next steps. For us, we uh, conceptualized what we wanted the program to look like down the road, and then worked back and said, what can we do? Which areas can we begin with? to uh, create a different environment, to to begin to think about that experience. And we started with engagement with programming and activities. And for us, it was forming partnerships with community-based organizations in order to change the kind of program we offered and the people who attended those programs. And so we set up, we have a program called Alive in All Seasons. It has criteria requirements for people to plan on a quarterly basis. We changed the criteria, we did some additional training, we provided some support and it's phenomenal to see the change in in the quality and diversity of programming. So that's where we started. Technology is another major piece of this and so um, we've had some false starts with technology. We're now working with a partner who... Is effectively um, willing to work with us in developing the product so you know technology is wonderful it does many great things but it's often developed by technology experts and um, they don't run senior living communities and so I think the key to technology implementation that actually works and that generates a return on investment is technology which can be applied. It's technology which truly enables the programming that you're doing. That is hard. There are a lot of people out there saying they can do it. I think unless they're actually willing to work with and share in the um, end product, of those efforts, um, it will be hard for us to find technology that will actually work. So technology was the second step, and I'm hopeful that we can offer that, or our partner can offer that to um, others down the road. Those are the two places that we started. Mindset shift, we started talking about it. We started framing wellness. Um, There's a lot that's written on it, and Colin Milner, who we heard earlier today, speak is really um, inspirational he uh, understands his audience understands how to frame the uh, advantages and the challenges associated with it for senior living providers and um, I think he's a great source of uh, education for our teams I think the other piece that one needs to really think about is change management We've come through some really, really hard times, and they're not over. And so it's hard for people to think about change. Um, Change management is uh, not something that's auto-magic. You have to learn it. You have to be able to do it. And leaders, not only at the corporate level but also at the community level, have to be schooled in it. So I would think about change management. I would think about providing inspiration uh, from people like Colin and a baseline assessment. I would think about a new programming model. Those, those, that particular type of thing is, I believe, is low-hanging fruit. Um, and I would begin to look at technology that really can be an enabler for a program that that. Provides a return to your consumer uh, in terms of a new life experience, something they want that they feel good about, allows them to live longer, better, and that also returns um, on our investment, provides a return on investment to our communities.
1: Well, while I have you, are there any other impo- points that you think are important to mention? Oh, there's so many.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, you know. Innovation is challenging, but it's also totally cool, and um, as someone who's getting older uh, and really thinking about how I want to live longer better, uh, it really inspires me to think about what I can do to influence the type of experience I will live with as I age. and. Um, to me, that's the reason to be working on this, and so, you know, I, I ask my colleagues not to be fearful to join, to collaborate with each other, with us, um, to find the right ideas. We're stronger together. Together everyone achieves magic, as the infamous team analogy goes. And. Um, So that's something that is important to me. I would love to see not only greater innovation, but more collaboration on innovation.
1: Well, thanks again for uh, taking the time to speak with me. I know you're a busy person, so I appreciate it. So much fun. Um, This is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living, and we've been speaking with Lynn Katzman, founder and CEO of Juniper Communities. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in senior living news, visit McKnightSeniorLiving.com.